Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on Believe, the number one content network for professionals. The place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm your host, Nara Wang, and for episode 57, I've got not one, but two former USC athletes as guests. Former USC and US soccer star Amy Rodriguez will be joining me later in the show to talk about her new job as assistant coach for the women of Troy soccer team and another way in which she's trying to help college students. But first, I'm going to recap the USC men's basketball team falling in the first round of the NCAA tournament to Miami and do an early look ahead to next season with former Trojans and NBA player Jeff Trepanier. Jeff, thanks for jumping back on the Everything USC podcast. Thanks for having me, man. We always have a good time, so I have to come back. And of course, if you enjoy listening to the show, you can subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you find your favorite podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn, or go directly to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and on social media, at Believe Network. For me, you can find and follow me on Twitter, at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Jeff, if people want to reach out to you on social media or anywhere else, where do they find you? My Twitter is at Jeff Trepanier, and my Instagram is CPTRIDA, is a C-P-T-R-I-D-A. The Everything USC podcast is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. It was a short run for USC basketball in the NCAA tournament this year as the Trojans, a 7th seed in the Midwest region, got knocked off in the first round by the 10th seeded Miami Hurricanes, 68-66 in a game played in Greenville, South Carolina. SC once again got off to a slow start and trailed by 11 at halftime, but the Trojans began the second half on a 17-2 run to take the lead and it became a close game the rest of the way. With 44 seconds left in the game, USC trailed by 8, and it seemed over. However, Drew Peterson nailed two deep threes and made a layup in the final 40 seconds to bring the game to a 66-all tie and keep the Trojans' chances for a miracle comeback alive. After Charlie Moore hit two clutch free throws for Miami following a borderline foul call on Ethan Anderson with three seconds left, Peterson's heave from just over the half-court line came close to banking in, but it didn't go, and USC was out of the big dance. 
Peterson led the Trojans with 17 points in the game, and Isaiah Mobley had 11 points, 8 assists, and 5 rebounds. Isaiah Wong of the Hurricanes led all scorers with 22, and Moore added 16 points and 5 assists. SC held Miami to 1 of 14 shooting from 3, but the Trojans committed 18 turnovers while only forcing 3 by Miami, and that was a big reason for the loss. USC finishes the season with a 26-8 record, but after going to the Elite 8 last year and watching Miami go on to upset Auburn in the second round and make an Elite 8 run of their own after beating the Trojans, it has to feel like a missed opportunity for SC for the season to end the way it did. Jeff, what were your thoughts about that loss to the Hurricanes in the first round? I mean, I hate to say this, but I kind of had us losing. Just because we were so up and down this season, like we had some quality wins, but we had like some bad losses. And I feel like against like the top teams, like we never really played as well as we could. So I knew this would be a tough one, and I, I did have us losing this one. I had us winning only because of the size differential, and we did destroy them on the boards, and that's part of the reason that we were able to make a comeback. But you're right. I knew it was going to be a tough matchup. I talked about that as we previewed the tournament in my previous show with Rashawn Haylock, and I just thought that SE's size would be enough to get them past Miami, but If you would have told me Miami was only going to make one three-pointer the whole game, I would have said, okay, that's good for SC. But those turnovers, which were such a problem going down the stretch, and it just caught up to USC. And the slow start again, USC started so many games very slow this season. And then that second half run was just what USC would do. They would make these big runs, get back into games, overwhelm some teams, but Against Miami, it just didn't work out. What do you attribute that to? I mean, you played on a team that went to the Elite Eight in 2001. How does a team that is clearly as talented as the Trojans were get off to such bad starts and commit so many bad turnovers? Yeah, like, I don't know. It's hard to uh, just put my finger on it because, you know, going into the tournament is win or go home, so you have to be locked in. And I just feel like the guys weren't locked in, like, it was so many unforced turnovers, like bad turnovers. And it's hard to overcome a game like that when you have so many bad possessions. You have to value every possession, and that wasn't a thing. It was just bad. It was bad. And it didn't help that Boogie Ellis did not play well in the game. It looked like he was maybe struggling with a hand injury or something throughout, but he had been a guy who would come up big for USC and kind of stabilize things. And do you think that was a big issue for the USC and part of the big reason why they lost that game? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, like just going in, like everyone has to be locked in and you have to depend on the guys who have been producing the whole year. And like just one bad game from one guy could really affect the team. And we had just the turnovers really killed us. And just, it was just a bad game. Like I said, we were up and down. And I just, I just felt it. I felt like we were going to have a bad game and we did. Yeah, it is unfortunate how it happened, but overall, you got to say it's probably a successful season, though, because after losing Evan Mobley to the pros, a lot of people weren't sure what to make of USC coming into this season, and to do as well as they did to finish third in the Pac-12 behind Arizona and UCLA, to be one of the three Pac-12 teams to make the tournament this year, 
I think you'd have to say it's a successful season, but what do you think was your overall impression on how USC did in the 2021-22 basketball year? It was definitely a successful season. You know, just with Andy getting his extension, that gives him some security. So we'll have more recruits coming in and things like that. But I mean, you know, Andy's proven that he could be successful. And I think with guys coming in, you know, we have a few guys leaving, but the transfer portal is different now. Like, I mean, they have what, there's over a thousand transfers in the portal right now. So I'm sure we'll get some good players in return. And, you know, he has a good system going over there. He has a good system. So I'm not too worried about us not being able to compete in the Pac-12 every year and get deep tournament runs. Like, I'm happy with him, happy with his success. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the future of this USC team. You brought it up, Andy Enfield, who in December, they announced that he had gotten an extension through 2026. And then because of the success and some rumors that he may be a big target for some of the schools that had openings like a Maryland or a Georgia, they extend him through the 2027-28 season. So six more years under contract for Andy Enfield at USC. And I think obviously with the way that USC's program has gone, it's a team now that's considered, you would think, a contender for the NCAA tournament every year. And I think the next step is just to be a team that can get to that second weekend every year, right? Be a Sweet 16 level team. And that needs to be the new expectation probably for USC basketball. And you brought up the transfer portal. Already, a few guys are in it from USC squad. Ethan Anderson, Max Agbonk-Polo, and Bubakar Kulabali. Did any of those three guys choosing to go into the transfer portal surprise you? It actually did. I mean, I felt like they were key contributors this year for the team. But, you know, that's normal these days for guys. You know, if they're not happy, they can leave. And, I mean, it works out both ways. Like I said, like, you could get some good quality guys coming in with the loss of guys. So, I mean, it works both ways. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Obviously, Koulibaly didn't play a whole lot in his two years with the Trojans, but Ethan Anderson was a captain. Max Agbonpolo as well. Both of those guys, third-year sophomore players and would get an extra year with the pandemic year, not counting for anybody. And both really just seemed to fit the ethos of the system. So, I was a little caught off guard when they decide to go in, but obviously there is a good recruiting class coming in for USC, headlined by a McDonald's All-American big man, seven-footer Vincent Iwuchukwu, and also forward Kajani Wright coming in. So there are some guys that are coming in who are maybe going to get some playing time, but Andy is known for not necessarily playing freshmen. We had a decent group of freshmen come in this year and you got to earn your time to play for Andy Enfield. You got to prove that you're going to play defense and Mm -hmm. a guy that you know very well, Reese Dixon Waters, he got to enroll early and get in last season, which I think helped him maybe break out a little bit this season. He was one of the better players down the stretch for SC. So what do you think about the player movement, the guys coming in, the guys coming back for SC next season? I'm very confident in the team. Like you said, Reese played good down the stretch, so that'll help him going into next year. With Kajani coming in, he'll be a good presence down low. I mean, I feel confident with the team, with the coach and then the players. Like, I think he gets them to buy into a system very easy, and that that helps. That helps everyone all the way around. So 
I'm very confident for him for the next few years. I should have mentioned when I brought up Kijani Wright that he is one of those who come out of the Compton Magic program. That's a program that, of course, you were there at the beginning as a player, and then now you help run it. What do you think about this nice little pipeline that Compton Magic is providing for USC? I mean, that's what we want to see, right, Jeff? Absolutely. I mean, you know, our players have had success there. We had two lottery picks back-to-back, and, you know, hopefully we continue that tradition for us in USC. And, of course, the Mobley brothers came up through Compton Magic. So I got to ask you, do you got any inside information for me about what Isaiah Mobley is going to do. He explored the draft process last season, decided to come back to USC, and he can have another year as a senior next season. But what do you know or what are you thinking about Isaiah, whether he's going to stay at SC or go pro? You never know. You never know. I mean, it's, it's like the players entering the transfer portal. You never know. We just have to keep our ears peeled. And, you know, if he leaves, you know, we wish him the best. And if he comes back, you know, that'll help us. But no, no inside information for anybody. <laughs> ah, all right. I had to ask though, right? I mean, absolutely, you know absolutely. him very well. And obviously we've seen Evan be so successful in his rookie year, probably the favorite for rookie of the year in the NBA mm-hmm. yep. with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And Isaiah obviously is a different player. He's not quite as athletic as Evan, but he does have an overall nice skill set. But I think the issue is that that makes him basically a second round draft pick, right? No matter when he comes out, but maybe it's a higher pick next year if he wants to come back because he has improved each of his three years with USC. If you're in his shoes, what are the things that you're looking at? I want to get your insight as a guy who's a former player who went into the NBA draft, got picked. What are you thinking he has to check off to say if he's ready or not ready? Well, I mean, the thing about it, like you really can't take anyone for their word. But, I mean, if you're, like, talking to teams and getting a good feel, you know, high second round or maybe they'll, like, guarantee you a couple years, you never know. I mean, if you get somebody that buys into you and really likes you, you know, then go for it. It's just about opportunity. Like, there's a lot of college players that can play in the NBA, but, you know, it's just about opportunity. Are they going to get that chance to show what they can do? Or are they going to be on the bench a couple of years and then fall out? You know, it just depends, like, if you get to the right team. And I think that's that's big with him, just getting to the right team and being able to show that he can play because he could definitely play on the next level. He can definitely play. He just has to get the opportunity to play. Yeah. And like you said, team fit is often such a big factor into whether mm-hmm. guys make it at the NBA level or not. And regardless of if he even makes the NBA, we know that Isaiah Mobley is a professional level player. He can play in the pros. If it's not in the NBA, he can definitely be successful overseas but obviously the goal for everybody is the nba and again you know about that you went overseas and played for a long time yep yep i mean it's not and now for sure it's not a death sentence you could go over there one or two years three years four years and still come back to the nba and make good money and get an opportunity so it's it's a little different nowadays like you could go over there and play and come right back so you always have to keep your options open yeah, if you work hard and you show what you can do overseas, like P.J. Tucker, right, is a great yeah. example yeah. of a guy who, coming out of college, wasn't very heralded, had to go prove himself overseas, worked hard, and now he's had a very long, successful career in the NBA. So in wrapping it up here with you, Jeff, about USC basketball, what would you say is the biggest thing that you liked about the team this season 
Well, the biggest thing was just being ranked for, you know, a good part of the season, showing that we can't compete with the good teams, just the guys, no distractions. You know, everybody was, like I said, they bought into the system, was playing very hard. Everybody played together. I think just overall, it was a great year. It was a great year and just continue to get better. And what's the biggest thing they have to do to be a better team next year? Just be more consistent offensively and defensively. Just value every possession. And, you know, that, that comes with learning and playing. You know, just being young guys, they'll get that experience. And, you know, just next year, they'll come back even stronger. And I think it was just a, a great learning experience to show that, like, in a tournament, you can't have a bad game. You got to try to have a perfect game every game in a tournament because it's win or go home. And I think they'll do that. Jeff, always appreciate your insights about USC basketball and coming on the show. Again, it's been good talking to you, and we'll catch up again in the future and talk more USC basketball. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me again. This is the Everything USC podcast on Believe. I am Nara Wang, your host. If you enjoy listening to the show, you can subscribe, download, and rate it on all of your favorite podcast directories or go right to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Network. To catch up with me, I am on Twitter, at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Hi, this is Mike Am, studio host for Pac-12 Radio on Sirius XM Radio, and you're listening to the Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang on Believe. I'm now thrilled to welcome to the Everything USC podcast, Amy Rodriguez, who led the Women of Troy to its first ever NCAA soccer championship in 2007, before going on to win Olympic gold medals in 2008 and 2012, and the 2015 World Cup title as a member of the U.S. women's national team. She played as a professional for over a decade in the WPS and NWSL, before retiring in January to return to USC as an assistant coach for the new head coach, Jane Alakonis, who takes over for Kadani McAlpine after he left for the University of Georgia. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Amy, you had just finished a National Women's Soccer League season where you had been traded midseason from the Kansas City Current to the North Carolina Courage and lost in the playoffs to the eventual champion Washington Spirit. Were you planning to retire from playing prior to the USC (laughs) assistant coaching position becoming available, or was it just the opportunity to come home to your alma mater that led you to make that decision? Honestly, I wasn't planning to retire. I still had one more year left on my playing contract with the North Carolina Courage. And about a week before the season started, I got a phone call from USC asking me what my coaching plans were. And actually, this past year, I had taken a B license for U.S. soccer coaching license, and I was preparing to become a coach, but I didn't necessarily know that the opportunity was going to fall on my lap now. Did you have a prior relationship with Jane Alaconis that led to her reaching out to you for the job? Actually, no, I didn't know Jane really at all. We had kind of bumped elbows in youth playing soccer against one another, but we we didn't really know each other well. But I obviously have. USC near and dear to my heart. And so when the opportunity became available and I knew I wanted to go into college coaching, I didn't know it was going to happen so soon, but I couldn't be more happy to give back to one of my favorite places. 
So, like you said, you weren't necessarily planning to retire. So, what's the adjustment been like for you going from being a player and now being a coach? It definitely is not easy to go from playing to coaching, but I love the sport with my whole heart. And I have really enjoyed getting to know the student athletes, getting to be involved in these really formative and important years in their life, and just try to help them grow as soccer players and as people. And so I really feel like my role as an assistant coach is really important in their lives right now. This team returns its top two goal scorers from the squad that went 14-3-3 and lost to Penn State in the second round of the NCAA tournament last season. First-team All-American midfielder Croy Bethune and two-time All-American forward Penelope Hawking, who became the leading scorer in program history, along with the starting goalkeeper Anna Smith. So what are your initial impressions of the team that you're going to help coach in 2022? We have by far one of the most talented squads I have ever seen. Players, like you mentioned, who just bring so much intensity, talent, quality of play to our program. They are certainly enjoyable to watch, and I find a great pleasure in coaching them and helping and mentoring them into becoming some great players and hopefully professionals someday. What do you think is the biggest thing that you'll bring as a coach to help these young ladies be successful? Well, I think I've been through similar experience in playing in college, especially at USC. I went on to become a professional athlete, and I just think that there's a lot of similarities in our, in our pathway. And like I said, I love giving back to the game. I love the sport, and I love USC, so why not get to do all three at the same time? And let's talk a little bit about the USC career that you had, a two-time All-American in 05 and 08. 2005 Pac-10 Freshman of the Year, semifinalist for the Herman Trophy in 2008. You're still sixth in school history in goals with 31. 12 of those were game-winning goals, which is good for third all-time. 17 assists, still in the top 10 in USC annals. And you, of course, helped bring home the 2007 Women's College Cup for the program's first NCAA title. 10 goals that season, two in that huge national semifinal game against those bitter rivals, the UCLA Bruins, and you were named the most outstanding offensive player of the College Cup after getting the win against Florida State to zip in that final that was held at Texas A&M in College Station, Texas. So what's your favorite memory about your playing days for the Trojans? Well, goodness, it certainly wasn't all those statistics. A lot of it was just the relationships I formed, my experience as a student athlete at USC, the doors that have opened for me since going there and attending the university. I have to say that USC was an amazing platform, an amazing springboard that just opened up so many new opportunities for me in my life. What made you decide to go to USC? Because you could have picked any school in the country. You were that good a player from your youth days in high school, everything. So why USC? USC literally had it all for me. I am a SoCal kid, born and raised here. I knew that USC was going to offer the highest quality of academics. Their athletics program were of the top. Their, their soccer team wasn't necessarily on the map yet, but I had intention and hope that it could be. And it really was just the whole package for me. What a great experience to graduate from USC, go into that long history, that rich traditional history of USC alumni. I just couldn't be more blessed to be a part of that university. 
My guest today on the Everything USC podcast on Believe is Amy Rodriguez, former U.S. Women's National Team member, longtime soccer player, and now getting into coaching as an assistant for her alma mater, the USC Trojans. And finally, April happens to be Financial Literacy Month, and USC will actually be hosting a financial literacy conference from April 19th through 21st. That will take place both online and in person. And it turns out that my guest today, Amy Rodriguez, is very involved in trying to help people learn how to take better care of their money as a member of the Invesco QQQ Financial Education Board of Advisors. Now, I think most people have heard or seen a little bit about Invesco QQQ from all of the commercials that ran during March Madness, but don't necessarily know everything that the company's all about. So what can you tell us about them and your role in financial education? Yeah, so last year I partnered with Invesco QQQ and we created a digital platform or an online game rather called How Not to Suck at Money. And it's exactly that. It's a game, an educational platform that helps young students, specifically college-age students or young professionals, learn how to budget their money, learn how to invest, how to deal with their debt, choosing the right credit card, a whole plethora of financial decisions that have to be made, especially at this young age. And it really is just a project to help educate those students in such big decisions. It's got a very catchy title, How Not to Suck at Money. And it's a video game, essentially. So how does a video game teach you to make better choices with your money? It's kind of an interesting like a lifestyle game where you go through it and you're learning basically, like I said, how to potentially choose your bank for the first time, how you're going to be able to save up money for your first house, what you do when you get that first paycheck after graduating college. And by playing the game, you're educating yourself and therefore helping yourself and your financial future. And why is it so important to learn these financial lessons when you're young? I think it's really important to learn them when you're young before you even have money, because once you start making money, I mean, I know for me, I was a poor college student one day and then a professional athlete making money the next. And I needed to know how to handle, how to manage my money and what steps I needed to take to make these huge financial decisions. What's the biggest thing that you've learned over the years that you want to impart to these younger generations about taking care of their money? I think the biggest thing is to educate yourself early and doing it through platforms like How Not to Suck at Money or reading on the internet or really tapping into any sort of financial education that you can early is going to benefit you later on. And how can people find out more about Invesco QQQ and How Not to Suck at Money if they want to get more info about it? So to play How Not to Suck at Money, sponsored by Invesco QQQ, you need to go to hntsam.com. And so once you're there, you can get all the details about downloading game and finding out everything about it, right? Yep, perfect. So Amy, before I let you go, what would you like to say to all the Trojan fans who are listening out there about you coming back into the fold as an assistant coach and anything else you want to get out there? Let the fans know. Fight on, USC. For my guests, former USC stars Jeff Trepanier and Amy Rodriguez, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 57 of the Everything USC podcast presented by Bet Online on Believe, the number one content network for professionals. 
the place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as I end every show, please remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.